us. And Lord, I pray that we walk in freedom and victory. Yeah. And every good thing that you do in our lives this semester, I pray that we pass on and share. And Lord, I pray as we look at Ephesians, it's so wonderful and so simple and yet so beyond us. I pray that you would help us to grasp it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so did you get that? We're going to look at Ephesians this semester. There are six chapters in Ephesians. I don't know that we'll get to all of those. We're going to put a heavy emphasis on the first half. If you get the first half of Ephesians, you'll tend to get the last half. Okay, so we're going to labor more in the first half. Um, it's going to be amazing. But I'm going to start by reading from Ephesians. Does that make sense? Yeah. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 10. I'm going to read slowly, clearly, and trust in the Lord to help us. Okay, so some of this, it's going to sound good. But if I were to give you the mic and, tell you, and ask you to tell me what it means or tell us what it means, it'd be hard. Yeah. But that's my, my responsibility tonight. And I think it's quite challenging <laughs> to speak on this tonight, but it's awesome at the same time. Yeah. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. That's like abundantly gave to us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Lord, again, help us to grasp this. We don't have to get all of it tonight, but I pray that we get a morsel, a nugget, a piece of truth that we can walk out of here tonight with. It will be lasting, Lord, and, and stick with us and lead to further understanding. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, going back to verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So we know that I'm going to speak on this, preparing for Christmas break. Um, I pumped some of my family and my friends by just coming up to them and telling them that if they're believers, if they're true Christians and they follow Jesus, then I can say this to them. I just walked up to people and I said, man, in the heavenly realms you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Yeah. You know how they respond? <laughs> Think about it for a moment. I would tell you, you're, you are blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I mean, if they don't know me that well, like, that's, that's, yeah, that's right on. That's awesome. That's good. My dad, I said to my dad, he's like, that's good, dude. That's right. I'm just going to look at him and kind of smile. <laughs> and, and, he, and he's like, He's ready. He can qualify what it means. He can tell me spiritual blessings in Christ. That means that you're redeemed. That you've been that the blood is cleansing from all unrighteousness. You're a new man. He could he could expound on that. But I just kind of looked at it and I was like, it doesn't as amazing as it's supposed to be. It doesn't really sink in, does it? And he was like, oh, no. 
And then that was like the common thing. Like if somebody, if I say to you guys, you you have all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms in Christ. I mean, you know that that's supposed to be that's supposed to be amazing. Yeah. But the truth is that somebody telling you that your your favorite team just won a game actually hits you a little stronger. <laughs> Nobody's honest. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's just me. Okay. So I'm going to try and unpack this for us a little bit because, I mean, for me, I'm like spiritual blessings. If I really labor to think about it, I can get there. But when you just walk up to somebody casually and say, you have all spiritual blessings, you have spiritual blessings. Yeah. What are, what are spiritual blessings? Okay, one simple qualification of this. Spiritual blessings doesn't mean merely spiritual blessings. It's just a reference to the conduit of the blessings. Okay, it's... A blessing from God comes by His Spirit, but it can't get spiritual. If He blesses you spiritually, it can affect you in all lives, in the physical, in the material, in every way. Okay, so it's not just confined to that. But what do, what do blessings even mean? We say this to each other: "Be blessed." Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, what are blessings? Yeah. Blessings imply abundance, and they imply an overflow. So then, then what is spiritual abundance? What does it mean to abound spiritually? I think we have to go back and we have to talk about what we know, which is material abundance. Yeah. Do you guys know material abundance? Yeah. You may not know, you know of it, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're playing quickly with college students and like, no, we don't know material abundance. <laughs> but you do know of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, certain pairs of shoes can, can say that you have material abundance, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. And some of you guys have nothing at all, but you have nice pairs of shoes, right? right. Which means you don't have abundance, you just like certain things you really like, right? Okay. But material abundance, it's like nice clothes. It's it's for angry, it's it's nice shoes. Right? Yeah. Um, it could be your car. Like um, if you do have material abundance, like your car would generally state that, wouldn't it? Whether you're in your cars or not, you would, you would make a statement, yeah, I have money. Um, if you have material abundance, you, you probably have what most people call like a dream house, right? Yeah. yeah. And then definitely you have all the latest tech, tech gadgets and all that, right? Yeah. Okay. Then what else beyond just like physically tangible things? If, if you say somebody has a blessed life, then, then you would say that, okay, maybe their family is relatively stable. And love. And that's all any good family is, okay? On earth, correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are some families that are more dysfunctional than others, but, yeah. but I've learned this that all families on earth are pretty much dysfunctional, okay? Yeah. yeah. It's just the point of earth. Some are more stable and loving than others. Uh, another sign of blessing would be that you have some degree of mental health. Yeah. And I think all of us have, like, we have some different struggles, but for the most part, you have peace about the present. And the past, and hope for the future if you're blessed. Right? Yeah. Okay. But I'm still talking like pretty much earthly, kind of tying someone into spiritual things. But I want to point this out. Earthly blessings are only temporary and meant to teach us about spiritual blessings. Yeah. Okay. Earthly blessings are only temporary and they're here to be a catalyst to teach us about spiritual blessings. They're a resource to help us store up eternal spiritual blessings, which are ultimate. Luke 16, 9 says pretty straightforward. I tell you, this is Jesus, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. 
so that when it is gone, when it is what? Gone. Gone. Yeah, it's all passing away. It's temporary. You will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. So that tells us right there, spiritual blessings are ultimate. Earthly blessings matter, but they're only, they matter and if they translate into spiritual blessings. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to try and do is look at Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5, and then verses 7 and 9, and see what we can learn about what it means for us having blessings in Christ. Okay? Yeah. All right. Um, it says this in verse 4 and 5. God has made us sons and daughters that are holy and blameless. Mm. God has made us sons and daughters that are holy and blameless. Okay, three things we can draw from that right away. I'll break each of them down a little bit. If we are sons and daughters of God, we have access to God. Yeah, yeah okay. We have access to God. If we are sons and daughters of God that are holy and blameless, all that is His is ours. Yeah. It belongs to us. If He's a good Father and doesn't withhold any blessing, then He doesn't. Okay, what else? If we are God's sons and daughters that are holy and blameless, His traits are our traits. Yeah. That's good, Jason. Okay, let's, let's look at those a little further. Um, so, when I waited tables in college, I waited tables at this Italian slash German restaurant, kind of an interesting place, but they served both <laughs> foods, and they were actually both quite good. Okay, and we had this owner, Mr. Chance, he was a rather dignified old man, and usually pretty gruff, and um, he usually ate at the restaurant at night. And the one hour that he came through and ate at the restaurant, the whole week staff was uptight. Mm, yeah. And everybody like, wanted to be in with him, and kind of esteemed him and liked him, but also feared him. He's kind of like, ah. And so, whenever he come in, he'd go, Mr. Chance is here. Mr. Chance is here. Okay, and then we all kind of be like proper. And, and you didn't approach his table like, unless, he, unless he called you over or unless you were the poor waiter who just actually had the way on him when he was there. <laughs> And then you're just nervous. But he found out, I'm not a Spurs fan anymore, but at that time I was. Um, so Rockets fans don't hate on me or anything. So I was a big Spurs fan at this point in my life, and he was awesome. And he found this out, and he loved to talk to Spurs about Spurs. So one time I'm walking in, and it's like, oh, there's Mr. Chance, and I'm just kind of checking on my tables and then just standing there. And he looks at me, and he goes, and I was like, Mr. Chance, like, come here, son. And I go, come with me, oh. And then I go over there, and it's like this camaraderie. He starts talking about the Spurs, and I'm like, yeah, I saw the game. I should offer my two cents on it, and he's like, back and forth. And then I come back to the wait staff, and they're like, hmm. And then it happens, like, multiple times again, because the Spurs get to your play, right? Yeah. And people are like, how did you get in with him? And it's like, oh, I don't know. And then, like, well, it's a Spurs. You guys like the Spurs, and you be. But everybody, we can, to have friends in high places is like something that everybody admires, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, well, friends in high places, when we think about it, we have access to God. Come on. Yeah. We might write about, you know, I know so and so. But Father in heaven, the God who created the universe, you have access to Him. Yeah. yeah. You could be talking with Him, are you? Oh, man. Right? You could know His thoughts, you could know His heart. You share them with Him. But he's not flipping, right? Yeah. A great example of this is um, my neighbor, Mr. Chuck Ellis. He was right up the street from me. He's also uh, Mary Butcher's dad and, and Corey's and Katie's grandfather. Right? Um, and so if you don't know, he was a naval commander. He used to command a, a, a submarine. 
And so that's a really high-ranking naval officer. And he's, he's a really cool guy. Doesn't say a whole lot, but he always runs by the golf cart, which gives me a lot. Um, but Mary tells the story of what it'd be like when she'd go on the base when dad wasn't out to see him. She'd go on the base to see him. And everybody else would have to like go through these checkpoints, right? And, and then they would, when they came to his office, which most of them couldn't even go in, but if they came to his office, then they had to like, I mean, they definitely had to be a proper uniform. They had to salute, they had to have everything that had to be done right, in order, right? You couldn't just be like an SR, E1, whatever, lowest ranking naval person and marching. Yeah. But when Mary's a little girl, how'd she come in? I mean, she just walks through checkpoints like, oh, that's, that's, that's Mary's daughter. Yeah. And he's the boss of this place. Her dad's the boss of this place. She can just, like, cruise through. She can, like, walk in, ask whatever she wants, grab candy off the desk. Well, she's his daughter, right? Yeah. Access. You and I actually have that with the living God. Yeah, that's so cool. We just need to take him up on it. Yeah. And so can we will. Sons and daughters, they're holy and blameless. It means all that is his is ours. If God is our Father and we are his children, we have crazy good inheritance. And that's an understatement. It's crazy to imagine what we have. And it's available, but what we tend to think is like, yeah, he's like building a home for us. He's preparing a place for yeah. us. Yeah. But, and it's true that when you think of inheritance, it means you think of, well, I mean, Someday I will, I will get an inheritance, you'll be, but your parents have to pass away. And not, you don't want to sell it that, right? <laughs> Unless you're like the prodigal son. Right? But we don't have to wait till someone dies. And we don't even have to wait to go to heaven to draw on the blessings he has for us right here right now. That's so good. We have so much before us. Yeah. Some of this in the Christian life is actually just realizing what we have. Yeah. And access to it and take advantage of it. Yeah. Okay. His traits are our traits. So in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is described, right? You guys know what it is? Some of it? Yeah. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We'll get back to it. Um, so I, I've been watching my twin brother, Josh, and as he ages, so do I. And as I watch him, um, in some ways I see my parents and they're more. And I can't laugh. Or, or whatever I put on him, I just have to put back on myself. And there's a lot, there's a lot to love about my parents. They're amazing. I respect them so much. But it's funny to see him and like, he's looking more like my folks, which is, that's me. Yeah. It just turns out that way. It should turn out this way for us. The more we can provide close to God our Father, the more we should look like Him. Yeah, and, and so often we read this list love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And the first thing we do is we go, Ooh. We don't go, Well, wow, that's a description of me. That, we go, We've got a gap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And separation. Nah, I don't really. But this is actually being supplied to you today. It is more natural to walk in these than it is to not. Yeah. Yeah. If you've been grafted in, if you've been adopted into the family of God, His Spirit dwells within you. Yeah. It should come out. These elements, that, like Jesus dwells within you, and this is what marks Him. 
and it shouldn't work us. These are our family traits. It's like, what is the Bell family like? Well, well, if they're followers of Jesus, they're not as much the Bell family as they are in Jesus' family. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, for any of family, and for us as Kaiapha, what is Kaiapha like? We should have say full of love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness on down the line, right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Lord, help us to realize what we have and yeah, possess what we possess. Yeah. Okay. So these family traits, they are ours to walk in as we accomplish His purposes on earth. Okay. God has purposes on earth? Yeah. Yes. Verse 7 and verse 9 tell us that He has redeemed us and shared the mystery of His will with us. Redeemed us and shared the mystery of His will with us. Man, I am not like a scholar, a theologian. There is so much. When it says mystery of His will, that's like, shock. Yeah. Way up here, man. Yeah, theologians yeah, yeah, have to write volumes on this, okay? But we're going to get a piece of it. Okay? Mystery of his will means this, and it means so much more than this, but it does mean this that God shares his heart with his people. Yeah. And, and his plan throughout history, and he includes us in it. That's so good. Yeah. He has a family business, and we're involved in it. He's pulling us into, and he's wanting us to go to work. And there's so much dignity. It's amazing that he would, we, we, we mess it up, and he's like, come on, work with me. You're part of the family business. He brings us into the mystery of his will, that he has redeemed us through his son, and, and taken our lives, and given us his life, and made us clean and new. Yeah, that's so cool. So Jesus, he did provide an apprenticeship for his family business, okay? But he only provided that for three and a half years on earth, right? Yeah. And then he delegated his work to his earth, to his disciples, through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But it's continued on. He gave yeah. us three and a half years, but he gave us his Holy Spirit, and he says even to us now, you will do greater things. Nice. Yeah. Which is like, so what in the world? How? Yeah. If you look at Jesus' resume on earth when he was here, and then he says, do greater things. How? Through the same Spirit. His Spirit that dwells within us. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, Lord help us, right? Yeah, Lord help us. Okay, redeemed. What does that mean? He redeemed us and shared the mystery of his will with us. He redeemed us. Okay, anybody had their vehicle towed from an apartment complex? Yeah. Yes. Yes. in Houston? Yes. <laughs> and had it taken off to a lot? Yeah. Where they lock it up? And it's your car, but you don't possess it, and you can't drive it. <laughs> yeah. And you might have the keys, but you can't go fast. I'm just to show of hands, anybody have their car towed? And... <laughs> okay. <laughs> four six people are raising their hands. Okay. Uh, I had I had a, a good little brother named Matt, and he called me one night, and he's like. And my truck just got to. I can't remember the particulars of it. It was at the apartment where we lived, and something about the sticker or something, it was a mix-up. And his truck got to. And so, it's two things. He needs to go pick it up. He also didn't have the money to redeem it. Yeah. Right? And so, the catch, the catch is that he did it one night, and then he parked his truck in the same place, and still the same mix-up. And they took it again. Oh, man. 
And you, if you go there, you like come up and you're like, there's the locked gate, and you're like, there it is. That's your truck. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> you can't give it out until you like call them and when they show up, then, yeah. then they give it to you. It's a process. It's a pain button. And then when you give them the right money and then show that it's your vehicle and all that, then they give the, the, the vehicle back to you, right? Yeah. And what they do is like you're actually redeeming a vehicle, right? And that's, that's what Jesus has done for us. He has redeemed us. He's taken us back. We were lost, right? Yeah. And he redeems us back. This is, this is really true about us. Your life is your life, but it is... You, you could ask this, is it under your control? <coughs> or are there forces beyond you that affect you and control you? Yeah. I'm not saying that we're not responsible. Yeah. But have you heard what Paul says in Romans 7? He says, for that, for what I, for what I want to do, I do not do. Mm. And what I hate, I do. Yeah. Did you live enough life to do that? Yeah. And ask yourself, like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. And you wrestle and you have this tension. And at the end of this passage in Romans 7, Paul's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And he says, oh, thank you, Jesus. Making reference to we have been saved. Yeah. We have been redeemed. We have been set free. We're not locked up anymore. Praise we can walk in freedom. Yeah. Freedom, redemption means that you are free to become everything that God's made you to be. And so much more, but this is my mind. Okay, so I hope that maybe you got some notes down and this is helping a bit. But I still find spiritual blessings to be a bit elusive and not very tangible for us to grasp. Okay? So what I want to do is talk about gains and losses. Anybody had, had any of them like gains, like beginning of the year gains worth talking about? Y'all might laugh about this. Um, I'm doing the diet right now. Uh, so, it was my idea. My wife told me that she was, I haven't even heard this term, she told me that she was skinny fat, or fat skinny, or one of her, I don't know what that means. Maybe some girls in that. And she's like, I might be thin, but I'm not fit, I'm not in shape, and I don't feel how set for you, you just have to be with Jesus. <laughs> and the same spirit that comforted. Mr. Stafford has to reach you. Yeah. But it does lead us to say this. There's nothing that we can gain or lose that will change the fact that we are blessed beyond measure in Christ. Yeah. Praise There's nothing that we can gain or lose that will change the fact that we are blessed beyond measure in Christ. Listen to this. I heard this probably 20 years ago for the first time. I've heard it said in different ways, and I keep coming back to it and discovering that it's just so true. He who has God and nothing else has infinitely more than he who has everything and is without God. He who has God and nothing else has infinitely more than he who has everything and is without and is without God. Okay, you might concede that this is true. You can disagree if you want. You might consider this is true. But is it your actual experience? Beyond words, beyond record, is it your actual experience? Have you found this to be true? Have you walked in it? 
or are you pretty easy to rattle? Or do you always have to have some kind of big, funny, some great weekend plans? <laughs> whatever. The next conference, whatever. The next game, the next event to carry. Wouldn't it be nice if we could say that we are where Mr. Stafford was? Yeah. I think all, we're all like, yeah, but we don't want to go through it. <laughs> but yeah, I want to have that peace. I want to have the maturity, the spiritual maturity, I understand you did, but I don't want to go through that. Okay, I understand that. I don't think any of us are looking to go through what he went through. That'd be kind of messed up to be asking for that. It would be nice for us to have the peace that he has or an understanding of the spiritual lessons that he had. It wouldn't just be nice. It's actually a necessity for us. Yeah. It's not like an ice hat on and I hope to get there someday. It's what we need to grow in even this semester. If we are to walk with God, and this is the message of Ephesians, if we are to walk with God daily and take a stand against evil in this world, we must do this, understand the blessings that we have in Christ. You can't actually walk with God daily and make a stand against the darkness unless you understand the blessings you have in Christ. Okay, so we'll wrap it up by looking quickly and we're going to unpack. Ephesians 6 tells us this. It tells us to take a stand against spiritual darkness. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against spiritual powers and principalities. Therefore, take a stand against spiritual darkness. Before that, Ephesians 4 and 5 call us to be imitators of God and live as children of light. But you know what? You can't do that and you won't do that before you first learn to sit. Yeah, I said sit. What do I mean? Sit like, yeah, like sit down. Like if there's a camp chair here, sit down. Sit down. These are actually words that are used in Ephesians. Ephesians 2 tells us that we are seated in the heavenlies in Christ. And so what is, what is Jesus doing? As, if we're seated there in the heavenlies with Christ, what is Jesus doing in the heavenlies? Does anybody know what he's doing there? It says this, that he's interceding for us on our behalf. That's yeah. the coolest thing in the world. Praise God. And he knows how to pray for us, but we know how to pray for ourselves, right? But he only we know that in Scripture it says he sat down at the right hand of the Father after something. Yeah. After he first came to earth, conquered sin, death, and the grave. Yeah, exactly. Rose from the dead, and then sent to the Spirit. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father in complete victory. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And all that we're supposed to walk out and live out has been accomplished. And he's sitting there with no unfinished business. When Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, yeah. like he meant, like, it's finished, right? And then he, then he resurrects yeah. the dead, comes back, and he like, shows himself to the disciples, and he goes to the Father in ascension. Every, there's no business left undone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what Ephesians is telling us in the second chapter is that we are in Christ, and therefore, as us, as being in him, we are seated in the heavenlies. With, with the Father. This is not some far out thing. Read it for yourself and read it enough and dwell on it that it becomes a reality to you. Yeah. 
if we understand this, then we can walk with God daily and take a stand against the forces of darkness. But we must first sit and understand that we are seated in the heavens with Christ. So I say that with repetitive there, one used to get this. So this is the spring semester. If you're not done the spring semester, Kyle, that's in Houston. It's kind of fun. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of non-stop. Okay? Like there's going to be mission trips. There's going to be LTC. Uh, we have three different campuses coming to visit us. To be out on campus. Carry the ball is going to come. There's going to be just lots of stuff happening. Right? And there's going to be so much opportunity to allow God to do through us what he's doing in us. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's right. responsibility to miracle okay, grow. But if you, if you want to kill your faith and crush yourself, try and be responsible without a fresh supply. Yeah. Try and bear fruit without yeah. Yeah. Right? And so that's what we're going to do because as we go out and as we busy ourselves and work hard, we're going to take time this semester to consider what Ephesians is saying to us and hear it again and again that we have all spiritual blessings in Christ. Which ultimately tells us that we have everything we need for life and godliness, as it says in 2 Peter. Okay, um, I want to bring this, round this, wrap this up with a, the story of a friend of mine. Um, he, would, he would drive through uh, River Oaks, River Oaks, Houston, wealthy area. Anybody? Anybody from River Oaks? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this is a different time. You can see this is like this is years back, um, but just if you know, know River Oaks, just think of like uh, a really nice area. So if you're from Dallas, you know, find your equal and, and imagine that. So what my friend would do is he would he would drive through this neighborhood and he would drive through it with wonder and just kind of drive slowly. And he liked to drive through it, and I you know you can kind of like see if, you, if they have the lights on the blind them and he's kind of. Like everything's on show. And then you like to drive through and some some houses you like just peer in and like, you know, there's like a lotus in the driveway or you know, like yeah. super cool cars, like, oh man, what if it like happened to those? And then the house is just so grand. And then it's like you can you can tell even from the street that the, the furniture is just like high end. Yeah. And you like see paintings on the wall, and you're like, you know. Those aren't from Hobby Lobby. Those are. <laughs> Which, you know, we don't have to watch that. Nothing against it. But he's like, those are original paintings, you know? Yeah. And then he's like, what would it be like to be those people? And then he realized, I am those people. Mm. And in a greater sense. Yeah. And so what he, what he would do is, like, Eventually, so I'm taking that again. Well, I'll, I'll tell this part of the story next time. He would like have friends come to visit him, and he would take them to like, in, like River Oaks and take them to a nice neighborhood, and he'd pull into the driveway. <laughs> and just get out of casually, start to get their bags, and then he'd be like, ah, then he'd like, car. this is my house, just kidding, gotta get out of here. And they'd be like, I was thinking like, dude, I didn't know, man. Who are your parents kind of thing? And he said what he realized is that he could become that in the spiritual, which is actually more important. Yeah. That people could come to his home 
and sense the presence of God. Yeah. And and and, and be blown away by His own love. Because He's receiving it from the love He has given in the universe. Yeah. A fresh supply every day. Yeah. And so what he was saying, he asked himself this, what if I gave my heart and mind to comprehending and actualizing what I have in Christ? So what he's saying is, what if I took time to possess what I possess? To receive what I already have? You, you hear what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, yeah. To just really actually take hold of what's been given to me and walk in the blessings of God. And so he did that consistently when he was your age. And to, to this day, I consider him one of the richest people I know. And he's not monetarily rich at all. But I consider him one of the richest people I know. Yeah. I talked to another alumni friend a while back. Called him. He asked me, hey, I want to get you a mission trip. He was like, okay. So I called him up about a trip. I told him about it. He's, he's like, what are you looking for? I was like, I don't know, we're pretty close. He's like, what if you can give $500 towards it? He's like, what's the total cost? I tell him the total cost. He's like, okay. I was like, what does that mean? He's like, you'll see. <laughs> Which I saw. He just paid for the whole thing. So then I call him, and I'm like, hey man. He's like, hey, look, at this point in my life, I don't have any time, and I don't really have any friends. I can have money. And I can give. Yeah. Is that rich? No. And he knew it. He knows that since I'm wealthier than he is, even though he has a lot of money than I do. Right? I want to be rich like my first friend said, right? Yeah. Like my first friend I told you about. It says, Lord, what if I gave you my heart and my mind to comprehend and actually take hold of everything you've given us? So when you tell us you have all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms, what if I actually took you up on that? If you lost fill in the blank, you would not be okay. You know what that is. If you gained fill in the blank, you would be sad. You know what that is too. You know what you set your heart and mind on that actually won't fulfill you. There's nothing that we can lose or gain that will detract from or add to the glorious fact that we are blessed beyond measure in Christ. Yeah, that's so good, Jason. I'm gonna pray as I do worship you guys gonna come back. We're gonna sing a couple songs and uh, just take a moment for this to sink in and begin a journey that we're going to be on throughout the semester. Lord Jesus, we again just ask you for helping us. You've given us all spiritual blessings in your Son. God, you've given us all spiritual blessings in your Son. Would you help us? Would you help us? Would you give us revelation? Would you draw us to yourselves so that we will actually take you up on what you have for us? May we end this semester, Lord, with a, with a better picture of who you are and what you've done for us. So that we might actually, truly walk with you, 
and make a stand for you.